Be who you are. Dream what you really want to do. Then, do it. Be, dream, do. Living by design. The radio show is focused on people sharing their stories of how they were able to understand what they were really passionate about, had the courage to dream big, and then did it. Now, join the conversation. Well, good day, listeners. It's wonderful to have all of you here. Um, You're here with Dave Whitehorn, and that's yours truly, uh, with my son here, Sean Whitehorn. And uh, we've got a very special guest. And before I even announce his name, this is the guy who kind of makes it all happen behind the scenes. He's the director of operations of right here at Star Worldwide Networks. You know, and as we're looking for people to talk on the show, you know, so many times we overlook those who were closest to us. And that would be Ed Vanderty, Director of Operations of Star Worldwide Networks. Welcome to our show here, Ed. Well, good morning, everybody. Or good afternoon, good evening, or good night, because this is also on demand. Absolutely. So. It is all about on demand. Yes, so, yes. And, and Ed, you are on demand. I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> At least, know, that's what, at least that's what I tell my wife, anyway. <laughs> you know, Ed, uh, in all seriousness, when uh, uh, Dave Pratt introduced me to you, mm-hmm. um, you and I spent about an hour uh, together. I don't know if you recall. I do, right and, in this very room. Yeah, that's right. And you shared uh, your story, which was actually quite inspirational and had a lot of influence on where this, this program actually ended up. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, really, really did. So, uh, and as, as we had discussed, uh, this radio show mm-hmm. is a journey, right? We don't, have, we don't have any specific answers to questions because every situation is just a little bit different. But on this show, what we're trying to do, we try to explore how people have been able to land on something they really love mm-hmm. to do. And I know you absolutely love doing what you do. Yes, I do, actually. Or certainly aspects of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to ask the same question I ask other people that come on the show. So what is What is your story, Ed? Well, I was born a poor black child. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> come on, who doesn't love the jerk, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, I, it's interesting. I, I've been asked that a lot of times throughout my life. What's your story, Ed? What's your story, Ed? And... I, I like to say that my story is still being written because I'm the author of it. Right. But in the same aspect, they want to know the previous chapters is what they're referring to. Right. So uh, I was born in Hammond, Indiana, northwest Indiana, which is basically a suburb of Chicago. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was uh, two days after Christmas, which, by the way, yes, I get gypped at Christmas. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Uh, that was until I was taught the secret, but that comes later in the story. <laughs> uh, my parents separated very early. Right. Uh, I was about five years old when they officially separated, and instead of going to live with one or the other, uh, my sister and I, we were sent to beautiful Arizona to live with my grandparents. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, my grandparents said, no, 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 you're not going to go back and forth with the kids. They'll, right. c- they'll come stay with us until you guys get your stuff together. Yeah. And... Uh, so that's what we did. Uh-huh. And I lived with them for about four years, and it was wonderful. It was fantastic. I loved living with my grandparents. Then my mother finally moved to Arizona, right. and we went to live with her. And 
you know, everybody has their story of their childhood, how things go awry, right? Yeah, of course. So I live with my mother, back with my grandparents. Yeah. When I was about 10, I believe, uh, went to spend the summer with my father. He had remarried. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I had a brand-new stepmom and uh, a brand-new stepbrother and sister mm-hmm. and went to live with them. Ended up staying there a year and a half. And then I moved back to Arizona, and my sister stayed here, or uh, stayed in Chicago. Okay, okay. Uh, which was weird because we were always together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the one thing that was always constant growing up was my grandparents. Uh, my, they, they were more the, the rock in my uh-huh. development as an early human being. And they, uh, they cultivated certain things in me. Uh, when I was seven years old, my grandfather asked me, what do you want to be? I said, I want to be a comedian. I want to make people laugh. So he went out and bought me a book with a cassette tape, How to Be a Comedian by Henny Youngman. Oh, my good, <laughs> The king of the one-liners. Uh-huh. And if it wasn't for my grandparents, I wouldn't know pulp culture references from right. you know the 40s and 50s. Yeah. But I knew exactly who Henny Youngman was oh, yeah. at seven years old because of that fact. But uh, so they cultivated that I was in school plays, I was in the choir, I did all that kind of stuff. And uh, as I got older, I fell in love with a genre of radio Okay, because it was, it was a field that I could make a living, and back then a good living. Yeah. I could make people laugh, I could right. be entertaining, I could be creative, and... It just fit like a glove. So as I was going through high school, uh, I still did the plays. I still right. did the acting, which I absolutely love. And uh, got out of high school and went to ASU broadcast. Okay. Uh, it was before the Walter Cronkite school right, was there. Right, right, right. But uh, they had their own little broadcasting thing over there. They had their own little radio station I would go on. And uh, when you're in college... For radio, the biggest thing you want to do is get an internship. Right, right. So I went to the number one station in town, which was KUPD. That's right. And I tried to intern with Mr. Dave Pratt. Right. I didn't work out so well. <laughs> uh, Dave didn't take interns at the time, uh, and they, they were already full up. Right. But, of course, you know, I put in all over the valley. And I did get an internship at uh, 104.7, okay. which at the time was KZZP, right. where I was assigned to the morning show. Okay. And well. I didn't learn a damn thing from the morning show. <laughs> so what do you mean by that? <laughs> uh, it was more or less, hey, go get... I was a gopher. I was okay. a glorified gopher. Okay. okay. And I wanted to learn. Right, right. Somebody took an interest in me, though. Serious? Yes. Okay. Somebody took a, a professional interest in me because there was one time where I was actually uh, helping out on another show, and they put me on the air, and she happened to be in the room uh-huh. and said, you know what? You're pretty good at this. Why don't you come just shadow me for a while? And her name is Rockin' Robin Cote. Oh, all right. <laughs> so <laughs> Soon I, to be a guest on this program, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so your, your studio director over there, believe it or not, I was her intern. For almost a year, because then I just, I, we just made the conscious choice that I would follow her. I mean, I still had to do things that they had me do at the station. Sure, sure. But every time I wasn't assigned to something, I would be attached to her hip. Right, right. 
and she would teach me things and how, how the real world worked uh-huh. in radio. How did you feel when uh, she made that observation? She shared that with you. I, I felt very honored. I mean, uh-huh. I knew who she was right. even before I got to the station. She had right. been on the air here for a while. Right. Uh, so to have somebody with a, how, how do I say, somebody with a, a nickname, uh-huh. you know, because everybody had a nickname. <laughs> if you didn't have a nickname, basically you were just doing time and temperature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, it's 5.14 p.m. <laughs> and it's 97 degrees. There's a traffic jam on the I-17. And now here's Whitesnake. <laughs> so if you didn't have a nickname, that's all you did. But yeah. if you had a nickname, Whoa. it means you weren't a DJ, you were a personality. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to be, was a personality. Yeah. Uh, it was funny, one of my, uh, and I'll give this little secret away, because yeah. it's not really a secret, but one of my jobs was, uh, when I interviewed for the internship, they asked me if I listened to that particular morning show, right. and I said no. Uh-huh. I said I, I listened to Dave Pratt in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so one of my jobs became was I would have to go in another room and listen to what Dave Pratt was doing, and then go tell the DJ what Dave Pratt just did. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> wow yeah wow. so and, and dave and i laugh about it today that's funny you know and you know it, it seems like when you were asked that question the right answer would have been yes i do listen to the show but when in fact no by giving an honest answer right they actually like that and they actually assigned you yeah to do the work you were already doing on your own time pretty much yeah. uh and i'll be honest with you guys uh the the only reason i gave that answer yeah. wasn't to be honest with myself it was because i was afraid they were going to ask me questions about the morning show <laughs> and i wouldn't have had the answer uh uh, now, to be to be fair, uh, it's not that he wasn't a talented guy and he wasn't funny. Uh, uh, him and his co-host, they were they were very good, but they had uh, they had they were more focused at a much younger age than I was at the time. They were preteen to uh, like ages eleven to sixteen. They were playing pop, top 40 kind of stuff. And yeah, at that yeah. time of my life, I was, I was more into the hair metal and yeah. that kind of stuff. Sure. And, uh, but, you know, I did like a lot of that top 40 stuff, too. I just couldn't yeah. tell my friends that. <laughs> Is that kind of that Casey Kasem kind of oh, yeah. thing? Keep reaching for the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my first assignment, when I, before I went to ASU, I got accepted to the Academy of Radio Broadcasting. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And I spent two weeks there. That's before ASU. Yes. Okay. And they're the reason I went to ASU yeah. is because I went there for two weeks and found out it was crap. Mm. It was the worst school ever. My first week there, they gave me a roll of reel-to-reel tape of Casey Kasem's American Top 40 and said, okay, there's one show here, but there's 40 tapes. Splice it all together. Oh, my goodness. And now this is in 1991. Right. Nobody really used reel-to-reel at that point. So they were teaching an, a, a curriculum that was a decade out of date. Right, right. And I, I walked in, and I saw the equipment and everything, and I was like, okay, this isn't good. So I went to ASU and said, okay, I need to get into a better school. And it worked out because I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go into debt for student loans and right, this and that. Right, right. But timing was just right because my criteria of a student – fit where uh, each state university has to give out so many grants per year to, not scholarships, but it was a grant for each department. It's money. Yeah, (laughs) and and the the kid 
a, a grant is more or less for the people that were in a financial situation, not right. an academic. Scholarship, right, right. you have to do an academic. Right, right. And the grant, I fit the criteria, and the person that had been awarded that grant, uh-huh. believe it or not, was in the office ahead of me because he got caught lying to get the grant. Oh, my goodness. So they took wow. it away, and I just happened to be – talk about right place, right time. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And I walked in, and they said – they wanted to fill it right away because this was a, this was a problem. Yeah. yeah. Because now they have to go back and tell the federal government, yeah, right, we let right. somebody through the cracks. Those, and those, that money's already committed, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, got, they rushed me through, and I, I got a grant to go. It so was those, great. So those wow. are two examples of we're telling the truth and being honest for whatever the motivation has worked for you. Yes, actually. Yes, that's right. Very, very good observation. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, d- so that's what happened. Is I, I did that. Then I ended up getting hired uh, by KZZP, and I was there for a while. And then I went to uh, Y ninety five because uh, I did make good friends though with the morning show guy. Uh, he had a lot of personal issues. Uh-huh. He 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 was on drugs and uh, drinking and yeah. uh, but he did and eventually take a shine to me mm-hmm. and I went with him over there for a while uh, and then I got a I, I sent out my audition tape all over the place and I was doing really well very young and I learned a really harsh lesson okay. is it's not what you know it's who you know first of all uh-huh. that was the first lesson I learned. And two, uh, ego, you got to check an ego at the door uh-huh. because I had three job offers. One, okay, I was 20 years old. I had a job offer from Boise, Idaho to do the morning show on their number one station that they had in town. My goodness. At 20 wow. years old. Wow. And my response was, I'm not moving to Boise. Right. That was my response. I look back now and I would tell that 20 year old kid, Pack your bags, you're going to Boise. Right, right. Uh, I had another. If this is really what you want to do. Yeah, right. yeah. If this yeah. is what if this yeah. is what you want to do. Just chase it. Yeah. I had another job offer, uh, which was basically a paid internship in L.A. and another one in Chicago. And I took the one in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I lasted two days. Oh, my goodness. I took the one in Chicago because if something happened, I still had family there. Sure. Makes sense. And... Uh, the one thing that I did do right in this whole scenario was while I was going to school for broadcasting, I also studied business management. And I got an associate's degree in business management and an associate's degree in broadcasting communications. So what I did was I ended up uh, falling back on that. And I got, I got a couple of good jobs in between there, and I landed a really good job, believe it or not, with Sears. Okay. Yeah. And... I never thought in my wildest dreams I would end up working for Sears, but I did, and I worked there for almost 10 years. How did you like that? I loved it. I absolutely loved working for that company. So it seems that Sears was really looking for a comedian. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Well, let's put it away. The closing (laughs) announcements for the store got interesting. (laughs) Ever been in an airplane where they get a little cocky on doing yeah, those yeah, announcements? Yeah, 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 that yeah. was me doing the closing announcements. Or you know, <laughs> somebody leaves their lights on in the parking lot. Yeah. I'm the one on the the, <laughs> the microphone. Attention, serious shoppers. Come uh, to lingerie. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I was hired on as the youngest store manager in the company. 
Uh, I was 24, and I was in charge of a full store. My goodness, that and, is... Yeah, I, I moved up really fast uh-huh. uh, because I learned my mistakes of what I want to do in radio, and the money was really good at the time. Sure. I mean, really good. Yeah. And so I ended up working my way through that. I ran a store for several years. I moved around uh, to several stores in Chicagoland. Uh, In the meantime, I'd also got married to my first wife. Uh And we started building a life together. And we we were happy for the first few years. (laughs) But uh, you know what? I... I tell the, when I tell this story, when I talk about my, my ex-wife, uh, she was, she's a wonderful person. And by the way, today is her birthday, so happy birthday. Uh, What's her name? Her name's Alyssa. Okay, happy birthday, yes. Alyssa. And we're very good friends now. Matter of yeah. fact, I just saw her two weeks ago uh, when I was in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, but my fault in that whole scenario for that marriage was I fell in love with her family. Okay. You know, I fell in love with her, too. I loved her very much. I still do. But... Uh, I fell in love with her family. She had this wonderful, f- huge Polish family that uh-huh. was just so loving and so uh-huh. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And her mother was an angel. You know, God rest her soul. She passed away about eight years, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And sh- her and I just got along. And that was my problem in the marriage is I didn't focus on my wife. Mm-hmm. I focused on the whole family mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I wanted that because I'd never really had that. It makes perfect yeah. sense. Right. It makes perfect sense. And then, uh, we had, uh, in 2000, uh, we got the greatest news. She was going to have a baby because right. we were told she couldn't have a baby. Right. Right. And she was pregnant. It was a very difficult pregnancy. Yeah. And, uh, after our daughter was born, she didn't live very long. She ended oh, up passing God away. Her. God bless her. And that was the end of our marriage. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of, and I won't go into detail, but a lot of things went wrong in that whole situation. Yeah. And she couldn't deal with it. Yeah. And I wouldn't deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. So. And all that, this while you're still working at. Uh, at Sears. At Sears. Yeah. Which, by the way, through that whole time. Okay. So when, when my daughter passed away. Uh, my wife was in the hospital for five days mm. to give birth. Right. Five days. Right. And then, you know, we have a funeral and a burial, and I'm dealing with all this. Right. And I was gone from work for two weeks. Right. Now, I just put in, and this, was, this happened a week before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I put in, you know, one of the busiest times of the year in retail. Sure, sure. I put in for vacation time. When I finally came back, my district manager said, don't worry about it. It's on us. Is that right? Wow. What, a, what a blessing. I mean, just completely. And then I had a, they handed me this envelope uh, full of money uh-huh. from people that took donations. And I'm like, well, you know, I was, at the time, I was doing really well. I didn't yeah. need it. Right. And, uh, you know, like her, her, my, my ex-wife's grandmother worked at a funeral home. They covered all the costs for the funeral. The only thing I paid for through that whole thing yeah. was a headstone. And uh, it, it was it, people that I have been blessed with throughout right. my life. When you when I look back, mm-hmm. it's just been amazing. Uh, so that was in two thousand. Uh, by two thousand and two, uh, we had separated. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> in our marriage, we had actually separated once before, and we we worked it out because her mother said, "You're going to work it out." I said, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
but at the same time, right at the separation, two things in the stars aligned that were just uh, absolutely, I, I couldn't have predicted it happening. One, I was offered a, uh, a vertical promotion out of the retail side of things mm-hmm. to loss prevention okay. for Sears.com. Mm-hmm. And basically, I would oversee the division of loss prevention that, and this is 2003, so 15 years ago, yeah. uh, the internet was, you know, it was still, it wasn't new, but it was still in its infancy. Yeah, mm-hmm. still, yeah. So I would oversee this department that would monitor potential fraud for people buying online. What did I know about that? Nothing. Mm-hmm. But I knew how to run, I knew how to manage people. Right, right. And that's what they wanted. Well, here's the one thing that aligned is I was going through a really bad divorce and I wanted out. Mm-hmm. I wanted out of Chicago. I wanted I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had a friend of mine that was very dear to me. He had moved to Ohio. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about buying a house out there. And this job falls in my lap and they said, But the thing is you'll have to move to Arizona. And wow. I went uh-huh. <laughs> what? <laughs> At the same time, my ex-girlfriend, my first girlfriend, mind you, yeah, who was always the one that got away, yeah, 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 yeah. called me <laughs> out of the blue. <laughs> and we have been married now for 14 years. Okay. And uh, it's, yeah, she was, she was my first love. Yeah, uh, I met her when we were twelve years old mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I yeah. was uh, living with my grandparents, yeah. Uh, yeah. and we had we dated, we wouldn't date. We date, we wouldn't date. Yeah, she married somebody else. I married somebody yeah. else. She had two kids with her her ex, uh, which, by the way, she, I had the privilege of raising. Right, right. Uh, it, when we, when we got together, when I moved out here and we ended up getting together, it was a very Jerry Springer time, I like to call it, <laughs> yeah. because she had asked her ex for a divorce mm-hmm. before she called me. Right, right. She did that one right. Right. <laughs> uh, she's going to kill me for saying that. But uh, so then she found out she was pregnant. Right, right. And I did everything I could to say, no, 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 you got to stay with your husband. Yeah. Da, 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 da. She goes, no, I'm not losing you this time. Uh-huh. We're meant to be together. So while she was pregnant mm. with her soon-to-be ex-husband's child, mm-hmm. she moved in with me. <laughs> Very <laughs> Jerry Springer. Well, matter of fact, <laughs> I was in the room when he was born with her husband. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now him and I get along fine. Yeah, it wasn't like you know put up your dukes or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. It, it was very you know it, it wasn't as dramatic as I make it sound. But uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, Jerry Springer says it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but it felt it felt like we should be on camera. You yeah, know? yeah, it's like yeah, this is yeah. just you know when somebody comes in and says, uh, okay, well, which one of you is the dad? You know, it's like I'm just sitting in the corner. Okay, I'm here because she needs me to be here. But other than that, it's all him. Uh, and he did something very moving to me that I still remember to this. I, I will never forget it, and I will always be thankful. Is after uh, Joshua was born, right. uh, of course, you know, mom holds him and everything, and right. she handed him to dad, and dad right. holds. 
and he walked over to me and handed me a son. Wow. I mean, even now, I still... Wow. And said, you're going to be as much as I am. So, wow. And I was just blown away. I just couldn't believe it. I wish we'd always got along that well. But, you know... <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, all in all, like I said, he's a good guy. Uh, and she had a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, too, who's going to be 18 in a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Whew. And I, I've had the honor of helping raise them. And uh, then five year, or six years ago today, we found out we were having a baby. Six years ago today. today on 5-15-2012. Wow. You got to love Facebook on this day. <laughs> because, <laughs> but actually, I do remember that because uh, I, I just, I'll never forget that day. So... My wife, uh, I, my wife and I used to smoke, and she came out and said, uh, do me a favor. I said, sure, what's up? Because I was outside having a cigarette. Yeah. She goes, could you run to Walgreens? Sure, what do you need? I need a home pregnancy test. <laughs> oh. Boom. <laughs> now, I wanted her to be pregnant because yeah. we yeah. had been trying yeah. for many, many years. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, she was. And you know how she told me? She walked out back outside and handed me the pack of cigarettes and said, here, I'm done. Wow. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, yeah, so uh, then I became, as I lovingly describe, I'm sure my wife would describe it differently, I was the biggest jerk husband for the next uh, how many months until the baby was born. Because you would stop smoking or you continued smoking? No. Oh, I didn't quit smoking at the time. Yeah. Oh, no. I never smoked anywhere near her. Yeah. No, because I was so paranoid of what I had gone through 12 years earlier okay. of losing yeah. my daughter. Right, right. I did not want to go through that again. I couldn't go through that again. Right, right. I couldn't. So I was so scared. So I was on her about everything. Mm-hmm. What she ate, when mm-hmm. she had to rest, mm-hmm. when she did this. At the time, uh, she works for uh, uh, American Airlines here in town, and she works. She for still Red- does. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, at the time, it was U.S. Airways. Right. She started right. with them when it was America West. Right. But she's been with them quite a while, and uh, they were retarring the roof at the center where she works okay. in Tempe. Right. Well, I oh no, not with my pregnant wife working <laughs> there. You're not <laughs> not, not allowed. <laughs> She was actually able to get family medical leave because okay. of that, because okay. it was affecting her. Sure. You know, she came home and said, I'm getting sick from these fumes. That's, that's yeah. nauseous. Yeah. yeah. So nauseous. we went yeah. to the doctor and said, you can't be exposed to that. And, of yeah. course, so I put us into it. And they're yeah. like, well, no, that's not really. And we had to go through the union and all kinds of stuff. But yeah. finally, they said, okay, yeah, just until they're done, you yeah. can take the time off. And they paid her, which was nice. That was the right thing That to helped. Do. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so her and I have a uh, almost five-and-a-half-year-old baby girl who has me completely wrapped around her finger, <laughs> and uh, she is my world. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. So now we've got to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. We've got to yeah. backtrack a little bit. Yeah. So uh, I take the job with Sears and move out here. We go through all that, but on the professional level – uh, one year after I took the job, Sears decides they're going to sell their credit card. Because remember back in the day, everybody had a Sears credit card. I sure do. All right. 
Yeah, well, sure they did. decide they're going to well. sell their credit card to Citibank. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. What I didn't know was loss prevention was a division of the Sears credit card. Right. Wow. right. Guess who lost his job? Right. right. Yeah. So I was given a severance package yeah. and uh, said, adios. Yeah. So there I am a year into moving back here, living in an apartment, and I have no job. It's the right. first time since I was 13 years old I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now what? What do I do? I quickly got a new job with a company called Harbor Freight Tools. Oh, yeah. Yeah, worst yeah. company to work for <laughs> ever. I, I made it 11. And they're not a sponsor on this show, so no. that's okay. No. I'm sorry if they are, but uh, they, I worked for, I made it 11 months, and they were uh, just horrible, disorganized, make it all personal kind of company. And I don't do that drama very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took one of the guys, and I said, let's go start our own business. And he goes, well, what do you mean? I said, I'm tired of working for somebody. I got some money saved. Let's start our own business. He goes, what do you want to do? Well, when I was in high school and in college, I worked at car washes and detail shops. Let's start a mobile detailing company. It's Arizona. We're going to work all the time. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I can sell. And the monsoon really helps also on that business. Right? It does, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, it really it does. does. Yeah, yeah. I used to run specials too, like uh, as many days as it would not rain. On that day, I would take a certain amount off. So if we were in, it, it was the longest dry streak we had when I set that deal up. To <laughs> talk of, but it, it worked out. It worked out because I made a lot of customers that way. But uh, so I, I had a pickup truck. Uh, we went out and bought some stuff, and we just started knocking on doors. So you went uh, door to door, and you would say, "I'm going to wash your car and detail it," kind of a thing. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And I, cool I wouldn't go to that? homes; I would go to businesses. Okay. Okay. And uh, my father-in-law said, "You know, you should join BNI, okay. Business Networking International." Right. And I, I go, "Okay. Well, what's the deal with that?" He explained it to me, and I said, "Well, that sounds interesting. Maybe I'll give it a shot." He goes, "Well, no, you got to commit for a year." Hmm. Okay. And you can only miss two meetings. If you miss more than two meetings, they kick you out. I'm like, well, that's kind of strict, but he goes, yeah. trust me, it's worth it. Right. Okay. So I did it. And B and I built my business. I got in with this uh, gentleman who didn't, he was a mortgage broker. And he had an office over off of Raintree in the 101. Oh, yeah. Right. And what I would do is twice a week, on a Tuesday and a Friday, I would go up to the parking garage, I would park my truck, and I would go around in the building and collect all these keys because there was hundreds of people in there. And I would just, okay, you're this. I give them a tag. Okay, you're this. And the next thing you know, I within a year, yeah. we had to buy two more trucks. Oh, my gosh. And we were just killing it. Yeah. Killing it. But here's the problem, guys. I hated it. Uh-huh. I hated every second of it. If it wasn't for my buddy who did this with me, I I oh, I don't mind hard labor and all that right. kind of stuff, but it just wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. Okay. So I said, okay, let's do this. Let's set a time limit. We've been doing this for a year. Yeah. Four more years. And then I'm selling it. Okay. And I'm out. Let's try to make as much money as we can. And yeah. so just be prepared. Yeah. In, in four years, yeah. 
you're going to have to find another job. Yep. And that's exactly what I did. And Again, I, being honest and transparent. Yeah, I, I did. I, when it hit, when it was coming up to that five-year mark, I went to my biggest competitor. I said, yeah. do you want to buy my business? Yeah. He said, yes, I do. And when I say that, he bought my equipment and he bought my client list. And I kept the business name, by the way, which is kind of cool. So I went to work for one of my clients who I would clean his car. He mm-hmm. offered me a job in marketing. And I worked for him for uh, about a year. But, I, again, I was – and I liked the job. It was nice. And I loved working for them. They were great people. Uh, but it just – I wasn't having fun. So what kind of job was that? Uh, just selling uh, direct mail marketing. Oh, okay. To okay. car dealerships yeah, and yeah, businesses yeah, yeah. and so forth. Uh, really, really great guy and his wife and uh, husband team. And they were great to work for. But I, was, I really wasn't having fun. And I, I needed something. I needed some type of outlet. And a buddy of mine said, hey, you know, I work down at Rawhide part-time. Why don't you come down here and work in the jail and arrest people? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So for your listeners that don't know, Rawhide is an Old West theme park here in Arizona. And it started up in Scottsdale, Arizona in yeah. 1971. Right. And in 2005, they moved it to the south side of Phoenix, uh, Wild Horse Pass right. in Chandler. And... Uh, I grew up going there, absolutely sure. loving Rawhide. Yeah. I couldn't wait to go to Rawhide. Yeah. Uh, my friend who had the detailing business with me, we would go there on our days off, and we were in love with the cowboy life. We love westerns, the whole nine yards. Yeah. So when he said, why don't you go down there and audition? I said, okay. So I did, <laughs> and I got the job. And it was very part-time. It was just It was two days a week, and it was just – Sitting in the jail, and you go out and you do the mock arrest and all that kind of right, stuff. Right, Just right. having fun. So my friend, at that time I was 34. Right. And my friend is 12 years younger than me. Uh-huh. Well, across from the jail, they have the Six Gun Theater where they do the cowboy stunt shows. And I said, well, you know, they're looking for Rough Riders. Those are the, that's the stunt team. Yeah. Why don't you audition for him? He goes, oh, I'd love that. And so he did, and he got the, he got the job. Right, right. And he took a full-time position, yeah. which was, you know, at the time, I think it was 12 bucks. Or no, it was 10 bucks an hour. Right. That's not bad pay in those days. Eh, it was all right. Yeah. But still, I mean, he was, <laughs> it's better than what he was. He was working at Target, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So he left Target, went over there. Yeah. I'm doing that two days a week. Yeah. And I'm doing it three days a week. And then one of the, I got to know the Rough Riders really well, and they said, hey, Ed, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty good at this. Why don't you come over here and have fun with us every now and then? Have so, fun with us. Yeah, and I said, I'm not jumping off any buildings. There's <laughs> no, I, I am 34 years old, and I got two kids at home. I am not jumping off that building. Not going to happen. I love watching you guys do it. Yeah. I said, but if there's a role I can go in, and I'll get shot, and I'll fall down and all that stuff, but yeah. I ain't doing that. <laughs> I did one show with them, and I said, I need to do this. Really? This is where I belong. So I finagled myself into the Rough Riders. <laughs> I left the jail. Actually, I was doing both for about six months, and I finally left the jail, and I quit my $85,000 a year job. To make 10 bucks an hour <laughs> playing cowboy. <laughs> and God bless my wife because she said, is it going to make you happy? And I went, oh, 
<laughs> she said, then go do it. So I did. And I tell you what, that first year, I'd never been happier working at a job in my life. I didn't want to leave, and I couldn't wait to get there. I had so much fun. So much fun. So that was, so for the first year, we were employees of Rawhide. And then a new management company came in and said, hey, guys, we got a great idea. We're going to change things around. And basically, we think it'd be better if you guys became your own entity, not employees. Right. Now, they thought I, they were dealing with, and this is not going to sound very egotistical, but it's not. Please understand. Yeah. They thought they were dealing with some guys that had been doing this for years yeah. that had no experience in the real world. Sure. That were actors or aspiring actors or whatever. Hungry. Yes. Right? Do anything. Right? They had yeah. no idea that yeah. I'd been in the real world. I know how business works. And yeah. I said, okay, what's the real reason you want us to do it? Yeah. And they didn't expect that. Right. I said, just be honest with me. We can't afford your work. Be honest. Be yeah. honest yeah. with me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what is, what's, the, what's the deal? I said, well, we, we can't afford to pay your workman's compensation insurance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you just come and tell me that? Yeah. So I worked at a deal uh-huh. where we would transition from the Rawhide Rough Riders to the Arizona Rough Riders. I get all the equipment, including all the guns which are real guns, by the way. I get all the stunt equipment. I get the logo. And I can advertise and use Rawhide in any of my personal marketing if this is what you want us to do. And then I'll take the responsibility for the rest. And they agreed to it. They signed over all the stuff to me. I I bought the the logo for a dollar. And I, I... to go. So on uh, January 1st of 2009, the Arizona Rough Riders started performing at Rawhide as independent contractors. And that's what we've been doing ever since. So for almost 10 years, we've been our own entity. And it's, it's been interesting because not only was I able to do that at Rawhide, we also expanded to where I sent a team to Union, Illinois, where the Donley's Wild West Town is. And I oh had a my. team doing the same thing there. I a, had a, a different team or the same team that you took there? Uh, no, it, it was my guys. Yeah, okay. okay. But see, in the summertime here, yeah. we would uh, go, our hours would go down. Yeah, yeah. right. We wouldn't right. be open during the day. It was right. just at night yeah. because of the heat. Mm-hmm. And we would be closed two days a week. At the time, we were open seven days a week. Mm-hmm. So... I took half of my crew, and I cut a deal with this town in Illinois, and half of my crew would go there. And they would live there for six months and perform shows. And they came to me, and I did not want to do this. I did not want to separate the team. I didn't want the responsibility paying other taxes and other yeah, states yeah, yeah, and yeah, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to be a pain in the butt. So when I took the meeting... I said, okay, well, we'll do it for this amount. And I threw this enormous amount out there. And they went, okay. <laughs> well, now I got to do it. <laughs> I can't turn down that kind of money. Yeah, yeah. This is great. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, you pay for our housing, yeah. you pay for our food, yeah. and plus you're going to pay us this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they went, uh-huh. I'm like, okay, if you're sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we did it, and actually we did it for three seasons uh, where we did that. All uh, in Illinois. This was in Illinois. Yeah, yeah, so I had that team going, yeah. the team here, and then for two seasons I had another team in the summertime in Kitchikan, Alaska. Oh, my goodness. Where they were doing stunt shows, the Wild Alaska Stunt Show. So we did that, plus not just at Rawhide, but we were also doing shows on a limited basis. basis ugh, limited basis. I talk for a living at uh, <laughs> the Scottsdale Princess. Oh right, right. They, they, we actually, they called me up and they had me there. They built a miniature Rawhide in the Princess called Crown P. I helped design it. And all that good stuff. And we did shows there on and off for years. I still do them from time to time. They don't hire us that much anymore, but uh, I think that's just because the way the people are. Market's uh, different. Yeah, the market's completely different now. Uh, So I did this full time for many, 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 many years. So then a friend of mine who was also on my team said, uh, you know, me and another guy, we've been doing this. uh, This is in 2002. 10 but doing this internet radio thing doing this podcast from their house and why don't you come on be on our show i said sure you got a great story well it it wasn't i mean i was just friends you know and i'm i'm funny and they said oh he can contribute why don't you just come and be on our show i said okay i sat down i got behind the microphone and i went i'm home and i took off Mm mm-hmm and I said, I got to do this. I, I got to do this somehow. And I, but I got to find a way to try to make money at it. Right. But I found, I found a happy medium where I was doing it on the side. I ended up building a little studio in my home. Right. I spent a lot. Well, not so much a little studio. It's a decent-sized studio. I took our family room in the front of the house and converted it. <laughs> the family room. <laughs> yeah. Not the back one, yeah, but yeah. the one right there in front. Right, right? in front. <laughs> You know, we have our living room where yeah. we all congregate, yeah, but yeah. we also had the family room yeah, in the yeah. front, and I took that and I put doors on it and said, stay out. <laughs> so we did that, and I started doing all these uh, all these little podcasts. Right. And I, I started a show in 2011 called 1980-something, all about the 80s, because I grew up in the 80s. I love the 80s. I love the pop culture about it. I love the music. I love the movies. I love the TV. All of it. And I still do that show to this day Terrific. on this network. So we did this for, I was doing that with them, still doing the Rough Riders. Uh, and in 2012, it was about, it was October of 2012. Uh, I got a call from my friend, Rob Trigg, who is the voice of right. your intro. And he right. works here. I've known Rob Trigg forever and we're very good friends. And I, he said, listen, uh, Dave Pratt and I have a personal appearance we have to do. Uh, Dave was wondering if he could borrow some cowboy gear because we have to dress like cowboys. And right. I said, well, sure. And yeah. I, at that point, I had gotten to know Dave somewhat. Right. 
uh, just through uh, the man who didn't hire you when you would look to. Well, it wasn't him. Now it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't him. It, it was the station, mind you. It was the station. If that makes you feel better, <laughs> sure. So, but I got I got to know him not on a like real personal level, yeah, but enough yeah. to where if we saw each other, Ed, Dave, hey, how you yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the Rough Riders, I did a lot of personal appearances, a lot. So I got to know a lot of famous people. We did a. I, I marketed us. Uh, we were on. Uh, I've been in two different Super Bowls. I've been in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, all this stuff. We've done all this kind of things, and it, it's been a lot of fun. So I got to know a lot of people. But Dave, he was one that I always idolized in radio. Sure, sure. he was the one I listened to. He was the one yeah. that he was my shock jock kind of thing. Yeah. And his brand of humor was the way that you know I just melded with him. So when they asked me that, I said, sure. I said, I can bring it up uh, to your studio or something. And he goes, no, no, no. Dave said, we'll come get it. And I turned to my wife. I said, hey, baby, uh, just so you know, Dave Pratt's coming over. What? So she started <laughs> cleaning right away. So he shows up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, He shows up. And I'm thinking, okay, he's going to be there five minutes. I give him the stuff and you know, yeah. let him be on his way. Sure. But he walked in. He looked to the left. And he sees my studio and goes, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> And he had a son with him, son Sammy. And uh, what should have been a 10-minute visit, uh-huh. he was there for three and a half hours. What did you guys talk about? Internet radio. He had just started this, the network. Uh-huh. And actually, the network hasn't, hadn't even launched yet. Right. It was just Dave Pratt Live. That was it. Right. And he was doing it all on the radio. And he goes, how do you know? And we, we just sat there and talked about it and business and all yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, he was launching the network. So this is October of 2012. He was launching the network March of 2013. And by the time we were done, I had a job offer. And I turned him down. <clears throat> and you I turned him down. I turned him, him down. You had to get him back. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I didn't want to. I had a thriving business. Uh-huh. I, I was making. With the Rough Riders. Yeah, I was making excellent money. Yeah. My family was taken care of. Yeah. I couldn't take on the responsibility of that. Plus, yeah. my wife was very pregnant, and it was not right. an easy pregnancy. Right, right. And I said, let's, let's look at this after the baby's born. Sure. And he said, fine. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. But basically, it was, you're not saying no to this, is what he told me. Mm-hmm. And in the most loving way possible. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's yeah. how Dave is. Yeah. But... Uh, after the baby was born, uh, baby was born the day after Christmas. Yes, so my baby, she was born, here we go, the day after Christmas, which was my grandfather's birthday, she was born one hour before my birthday and one hour before my 40th birthday. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So uh, after the baby was born, uh, my wife had a lot of complications after that. So it was about mid-January, and I got back to him, and uh, we worked out a deal. And uh, I came down, and I started here, and I was still running the Rough Riders, and I I worked out a deal with one of my guys where he would kind of take over the day-to-days, and I would be here, and I would still come down there on weekends. And uh, the the thing is, too, with the Rough Riders is I still own them, and we still work, but Rawhide is open to the public on a very limited basis now. Right, right. They're open for special events. Like last weekend was Mother's Day weekend. Right. We were open all weekend. Right. So we played cowboy all weekend. But it's, it's hit or miss now. Mm-hmm. So it's not a lucrative business for me anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a nice side job, and it's fun work when I can get it. Yeah. Because they operate as a, 
as a venue also, right? Yes, yes. They do concerts and so on and so forth. So, uh, and that's fine. I mean, the world changes. The market changes. People, you know. Uh, one thing I do want to point out, though, is during that time of me taking over the Rough Riders, becoming an entity, and building a successful business was right when the recession hit. Right, right. And everybody, how are you building this business during a recession? Right. Because what's the one thing people will spend money on when... Entertainment. There you go. Yeah. Escape. They will spend money yeah. to escape. Yeah. And that's what I... I marketed to that. I, I completely did. Do you feel down? Do you want to have a... Yeah. Feel good. Experience. Forget about your problems. Yeah. Come and watch yeah. somebody get shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you come to Rawhide to eat a steak and see a gunfight, and I don't see near one of you gnawing on a piece of meat. So come on, get in here and see a gunfight. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I put myself on every news morning show. Uh, I just got out there, you know, when they, when they would do those big, huge car washes and all the news channels were out there. Yeah. I'd have my guys in full cowboy gear out there washing cars. <laughs> so I was able to just not at Rawhide, but at, all over the place, get gigs. Yeah. Because we just made ourselves relevant. Mm-hmm. That's terrific. Just terrific. So now... Uh, with working with Dave and everybody here at the network, uh, you know, we've, we're a lot of years in now. It, the network is five years old, but he's been doing this for eight because he started, uh, no, seven. He started Dave Pratt Live in 2011, and he did it for two years, and he tested and did all that. So, Ed, do you, do you feel you belong here? Oh, of course I do. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, it's It's been... It felt like it's what I should do. Right, right. Uh, I knew I couldn't do the stunts the rest of my life. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm 45 now, and trust me, after a weekend working at Rawhide now, I'm feeling it. Right. I feel it. Right. But I did jump off that building. <laughs> <laughs> in many, in one, more than one way, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the high fall at Rawhide is 22 and a half feet. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're yeah. standing up there, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've gone to 75. I've I've done. Oh my goodness! So basically, we're about 70 feet up here. Yeah. So probably from about the top of that window down to the parking lot, I've done high falls. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. And I, I tell you what, it's, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, it was a rush, and it was great when I do it." But you know what? I did it. Yeah. And I'm not doing it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your brain telling you, you know, this is not really a smart thing. Yeah. You yeah. can hire someone to do it if that's what you want. Yeah. yeah. And doing it at Rawhide is one thing because I've done it over 10,000 times. <laughs> I stopped counting at 10,000. Yeah. I used to have a little tally yeah. sheet yeah. Yeah. in the back. And for yeah. years, I would tally each time every, yeah. at the end of every day, how many high falls did I do? How many high falls? And I stopped at 10,000. And it was, that's just pure muscle memory. You know, you're, the story, you know, you've been very thorough with your story so many times when we ask, you know, so what's your story? And we get one or two lines, right? Oh, there you go. So, uh, no, you've been, <laughs> done an eloquent job in, in, uh, in sharing your story. And you've, 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 you've basically, you've weaved a tapestry of experience. Ah, uh, yeah. It's, you know? it's, it's been. It, 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 it's just, it's just it's amazing. What well, it's been a ride, yeah, I guess, to, to kind of use, use the Rough Rider language, right? Yes, so, yeah. Um, but, you know, you, could, you know, your energy shifted when you said, you know, 
when you were talking about like this is where I belong, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and there I was said, time. I'm home. Yeah, you're home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're home. And and at the same time, you did things that you really weren't thrilled about. Like you hated the job, <laughs> but at the same time, I got to think that you found a way to find find a way to continue to survive it or thrive. I mean, not just survive, but you I were did. thriving on that. I did. How it, did you do that? It, believe it or not, it was my friendship. Okay. With with Josh, who yeah. who was my partner in that, uh, I said it. I think I said it earlier. If it wasn't for him, I would have never yeah. made that because yeah. Yeah. we made it fun together. Yeah. yeah, we would just laugh all day long. The work yeah. was a pain in the ass, right? But we would just laugh and laugh yeah. and laugh. Yeah, and that's what got us through. And that was the comedy piece. Yes. Right. Yes. That, that you need. That was your need. <laughs> That's ironic. He's calling me right now. <laughs> <laughs> how cool is that? I should put him on through the line. Yeah, yeah. How, how cool is that? So, like, we just have a couple of minutes left. And, yeah. and uh, Sean and I are curious here. Um, with a story that you've shared with us, mm-hmm. uh, that you, you know, um, how does this relate to the be, dream, do theme? That's a good question. Uh, and I'm sure people, I, I'm guessing you guys get a lot of the same type of typical answers to that as far as, you know, well, be yourself and, you know, be honest with yourself, mm-hmm. not so much be yourself, but be yeah. honest with yourself. Right. Because people so easily fall into that trap of kidding themselves, of lying to themselves. Uh-huh. And the next thing you know, you're not who you're supposed to be. Uh-huh. You're not happy with who you've become. Right. And I say this not as somebody giving advice. I speak from experience. Right. Vivid experience on that particular subject. Right. Dream is... Be careful what you dream of. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's good to have dreams. It's it's how we progress. It's how we move forward. Right. But sometimes dreams can get you into where you shouldn't be as well. Okay. Uh, just make sure you, you love your passion, your dream. And the do is do what makes you smile. Right. If you can't find love or passion in what you do anymore then it's time for you to go. But sometimes you just might be having a bad run of things and make sure. Yeah. Because I have left things thinking, oh, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Right, right. And not necessarily jobs, but, you know, doing things and going, oh, I regret now that I did that. So when you do, make sure you're positive of the do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Very, very well said. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my uh, pleasure. Listeners, uh, Ed Vanderlee, Director of Operations here at Star Worldwide <laughs> Networks. Thank you very much. Do what you love. Love what you do. Thank you for joining David and his guest. Make sure to catch Be Dream Do, Living by Design, every week, right here on StarWorldWideNetworks.com. Thank you.